The Infertility Podcast is a place of inspiration for every season in life, a resource where listeners can be encouraged to push past obstacles and be motivated by individual stories. The premise of infertility is understanding the season you are in and realizing that there are strategies that can be implemented to enjoy a fertile season. Now on with the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Infertility Podcast. I think that we are all um, aware of what's going on in this season and can be a little bit overwhelmed with what's going on with COVID-19 and the coronavirus or whichever term we're using. Um, So this week I decided we can definitely use a break from discussing that topic And I wanted to record this episode on Hannah and uh, Panina. And this has been a long overdue recording. I was actually supposed to record this in season one. Um, I need to stop, you know, being shy about the topics that uh, God pushes me to discuss. And so I thought it was, you know, timely that... I record this long overdue um, podcast episode. So this episode will fall into the infertility uh, category of the podcast and also will um, assist in understanding the tactics of the enemy. And for those of you who are on this journey of walking in fertility, Uh, This will assist you in navigating through the warning signs of individuals who can be categorized as a panina in your life. And so as I discuss this story, um, I ask that, you know, my biblical scholars out there, if I uh, mispronunciate a name or a term, please forgive me, have some grace. Uh, during this uh, episode. So yes, for those who are walking in this journey of um, infertility, this story will definitely help you um, pick up the warning signs of those individuals that may fall into the category of a panina in your uh, journey, in your walk. And for those not on the journey of infertility, it will definitely help you recognize the tactics of the enemy uh, in any aspect of your life. And so as we discuss the story, I, um, you know, encourage you to kind of pick up on the traits that will go over during this episode. I recall uh, making a post a long time ago and it was in regards to recognizing the tactics of the enemy. And I listed some of the tactics the enemy uses uh, against us. And um, it was isolation, intimidation, uh, manipulation, fear, uh, recruit and release, meaning um, an individual will be used by the enemy to recruit others to come against you and release them to do so. And so um, you can see that the enemy sometimes use clicks in order to uh, 
push an agenda and that agenda may fall into isolation, um, intimidation, manipulation, fear, and what have you. Uh, the enemy also uses confusion, um, causes an identity crisis, slander, sabotage, gaslighting, and even narcissism. And through the story of Hannah and her interaction with Penina, you can see some of these traits are evident. So before we uh, delve deeper into the story of Hannah and um, uh, Penina, I wanted to provide the summary of the story just so we are all on the same page. I don't want to assume that everyone knows the story, um, but I wanted to provide a quick uh, summary so that we're on the same page and this will serve as a foundation of what we will discuss on this episode. So the story is found in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and the bulk of the interaction between Hannah and uh, Penina is found in that chapter. So in that chapter, it starts off um, describing uh, a man named Elka, Elkanah and he has two wives and his two wives are Hannah and Penina. And in this um, description of, of what is happening, Penina has children, Hannah does not have any children. And Elkanah goes to the temple on a yearly basis and makes us, you know, sacrifice. It, it was the custom of that time to make sacrifices. And so he gave, he gives portions of meat for his uh, wife, Penina, and for the children that he has with her. But the scripture is clear and says that he gives a double portion um, for Hannah because he loved her. And in verse five in First uh, Samuel chapter one, we see that uh, it says, and the Lord is the one that closed her womb. The scripture says, and the Lord closed her womb. And because the Lord closed her, her uh, womb, her rival kept provoking her and um, in a sense to irritate her. And that is what we find, find in verse six of that chapter. So um, we see that the, the Bible describes the relationship between these two as rivals. Um, and this went on for years and we see that um this behavior from penina to hannah causes hannah to go on and weep and to the point where she could not even eat and if you pay attention to those um descriptions you know um, weeping, crying, not being able to sleep, you know, um, not being able to eat. These are all signs of depression. So we see that Hannah was really in a state of being depressed. And we see that after this point of um, the Bible giving us a the interaction between Hannah and Penina, um, Penina is never mentioned in the story after, after that point. So later on, as the story progressed, um, through much prayer, through much fasting, through, um, you know, Hannah making that declaration that she will give her child back to God, um, she becomes pregnant with Samuel. 
and Samuel becomes a um, an important figure in the Old Testament and rises up to be a great prophet. And the name Samuel, um, there's different uh, versions of what the name means. Uh, and it's stated to be a name of God or that God heard. And Samuel was also the last of the ruling judges in the Old Testament. In 1 Samuel um, chapter 2, verse 21, it says, And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. So Hannah had five children after Samuel. So she had a total of six children. All right. So what can we take um, from the interaction um, between Peninnah and Hannah? So let's first discuss um, Peninnah's first. um, We're going to discuss Peninnah first. And what can we take away from her um, behavior in this story. So based on the biblical description, we can see that um, Penina was not, you know, one of the nicest individuals in the Bible, okay? Um, she had some of the traits I spoke of earlier in the um, episode. So she wanted to use some of the tactics of the enemy, uh, isolation, intimidation, manipulation. She, because of her behavior, it brought on fear for Hannah um, in a sense that she was uh, maybe possibly afraid that she was not going to be able to conceive. And she could even be described as a narcissist if you look at the description of who uh, of the characteristic, uh, characteristic traits that you find in a narcissist. And... Through all that, I still believe that there's some things we can definitely learn from her. The main thing um, being that there seems to be a sense of resentment on the end of Penina. And in, in society, we I think in the past, like maybe three to five years, we've really done a good job of exposing um you know, bullies, we've talked about haters and all those things. But, you know, even in the in the um, school level, the K through 12 level, we've done, you know, a good job as a society to talk about bullying. And of course, in every area in life, there's still work that needs to be done. But what we need to understand that there are some that are very conniving and subtle with these traits of being a bully, of, um, of you know, allowing the enemy to use them um, in the sense to go through the traits that I described a little bit earlier. The Bible goes out of its way to make it known that Elkanah loved Hannah. But we see in that chapter that there is no, um, you know, such honor given to um, Penina in this chapter. And it, it clearly says that Elkanah loved Hannah to the point that he gave double um, portion for her. So to put that in perspective, that is double the portion of Penina and all of her children offering 
combined. All right. And if you look at things from maybe um, Penina's um, point of view, based on the cultural cultural norms of that time, uh, a woman's worth was really associated and solidified by who um, she married and her ability to produce children and multiple children, preferably males. So if we think about this in the present day, there are similarities to those cultural norms. We put a strong emphasis on marriage. We put a strong emphasis on bearing children. Um, Some look down on those um, if they are not married. Some look down on those who do not um, or have not bared any children. And we can see that even in our society present day, we have some cultural norms or some uh, norms within our society in our way of thinking that push people to, um, you know, get married and, you know, put it in their mind that, oh, your, your clock is ticking, you know, you, you're of, of this age, you should already be married, you should already have children. And so we can see that from Penina's state of mind, she was married and she was married into a, you know, a very good um, family and she had several children, okay? So it is easy for us to see in Penina's thoughts, she should have been the one that was favored. She should have been the favored wife um, over Hannah um, because at the time Hannah had no children. It also shows that she may have felt slighted um, to the fact that her quote unquote rival would receive so much more than her um, during the season of offering and why um, we see in in that portion of the scripture, that is when it starts to say that uh, Penina started to provoke Hannah and it worsened um, during that time. And there's this old saying that says, hurting people hurt people or hurt people hurt people, okay? So we can see that um, Penina was in a place of hurt um, and she was in turn hurting someone else. And that is definitely a, a trait of Penina. If you look at individuals who may have hurt you in a, in the past, they may have been coming from a place of hurt. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, to excuse the behavior, we should always be, you know, forgiving or whatnot. I'm just trying to make sure we recognize the traits. Okay. So hurt people, hurt people, hurting people, hurt people. Okay. So, um, when we say that phrase, hurting people, hurt people, it basically means that people with deep-seated and unresolved pain, they tend to lash out to others. Especially if the person has or represents what they wish they had or what they feel is missing from their own life. And so in this case, Penina was acting out and lashing out because what was missing for her was the love from her husband that she felt, you know, was owed to her because, hey, she's she bared all of these children. Um, this trait is is um, often, you know, you can recognize this trait in the Penina 
or the penanas, if you have multiple people in your life, unfortunately, who fall into this category, um, you can see this trait in those individuals in their in your life. Um, this individual has maybe more than what you have and they like to throw it in your face and make you feel bad because you may feel that you're in a place of lack. They antagonize you. Um, as I said, um, even if it's in a subtle way or in a blatant way, um, they may tell you the reasoning why, because, you know, why you're not married yet. Um, this is why you don't have a child. Uh, you haven't obtained, you know, this degree or this um, promotion or what have you because of X, Y, and Z. Uh, it's a way for them to be superior and to make you feel inferior. And um, we are in a day of age where social media, social media is used. Um, and I want to be clear that it's it's many times used for the wrong uh, reasons. And if you see individuals with this um, pen and a trait, they will use whatever platform necessary to get to you. Whatever platform that they have, they will use it against you. Uh, again, it's to project that they are superior and have it all and you are inferior. Any way that they can make themselves look out, you know, better than you, um, this is definitely a penina trait. Once you recognize the pattern, the actions, the behavior, um, honestly, you you get over it. Like it doesn't have a, a, it doesn't have an impact. It doesn't have any power over you. And that's really what I want to drive home in this episode is that you begin to look at things from a different perspective and you don't allow certain things to bother you. So again, once you recognize the traits and the patterns, um, it will no longer phase you. And that is really the place Hannah landed. She stopped focusing on um, Penina, you know, antagonizing her. She, she, Hannah became, you know, really strong in prayer and fasting, going to the synagogue, going to the temple to pray. And she brought her situation to Christ. And so that brings me to what are some of the points that we can um, take away from Hannah? So Hannah is the fourth woman in um, the Bible that goes through an infertility um, journey. And I was thinking as I was uh, putting this together that this episode in itself can be broken down into several episodes. But the fact that there were women in the Bible that dealt with infertility, I think that's something that we also need to discuss um, on this podcast. So before Hannah, there were three women who um, endured the despair of not being able to conceive. And it was Sarah, followed by Rebecca, and then Rachel. However, Hannah accepted God's promise with unwavering faith. The others did not. And she did not take matters into her own hands as the others did. And as I was reflecting on the story and um, the characteristics of Hannah, there are some, there's three things that really stood out to me. The first being Hannah responded with such grace and with silence. 
<laughs> Hannah showed unmatched restraint with her words. In the scripture, when Penina was coming after her and provoking her, there's no uh, description of Hannah retaliating. She not only knew the right things to say, but she knew when it was important to say nothing at all. The scripture is clear. Years passed and Penina ridiculed Hannah for her infertility. Yet instead of responding to her tormentor, she kept her mouth shut. Exodus 14 verse 14, it says, the Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent. In some versions of the scripture, it says you only need to be still. And you see that, um, you know, Penina was laughing, was provoking her. But at the end of the day, Hannah had the last laugh. And you see that the legacy that she left behind her story, how many generations after look back and are taking gems from her actions. Again, after chapter one, Penina was never mentioned again in the Bible. The second point is Hannah took it to the Lord in prayer. She went to the temple. She cried out to God. She didn't go and tell other people, hey, this is what Penina is doing to me. This is what's happening. She's antagonizing you know, me. She didn't do what we would do in this present day and pick up the phone and say, girl, did you hear? No, she went straight to the temple and she cried out to God. She didn't lash out to those that had nothing to do with what was happening to her. She went straight to the source. She went to the temple and she let herself be in the presence of God and fought with prayer. The third thing is Hannah sought wise counsel and she surrounded herself with powerful, prayerful people. And Eli, the prophet is, um, or the priest, is an example of um, an individual that she encountered on her journey of infertility. In part of the story, when Hannah was in the temple and she encountered Eli, due to the way Hannah was praying, uh, Eli thought Hannah was drunk. But once he realized that she wasn't drunk. His heart and his demeanor totally changed because he could see that she was in a point of desperation and he was there to encourage her and not only her, but her husband as well. Um, later in the scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse uh, 20, it says, before they returned home, Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, may the Lord give you other children to take place of the one she gave to the Lord. So even after um, Hannah gave birth and she kept her promise and dedicated her child back to God, um, you see that that relationship and that rapport with Eli continued. Um, and you can see that she was surrounded by people who were there to pray and intercede on her behalf. So the thing that is so ironic in this story is the fact that each, both women, wanted what the other one had. <laughs> Hannah had Elkanah's love, but wanted children. And Penina had children, but wanted Elkanah's love. So 
we see in Matthew chapter five, verse 44, it says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And that is definitely something you can take away if you are dealing with a penina in your season that you're in right now. It may be a family a family member. It may be a friend. It may be a coworker. It may be a boss. Um, whoever the individual is that is speaking down to you in this season, who you feel is antagonizing you in this season. Remember Matthew chapter five, verse 44. I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It's so easy to look at someone and think their life is ideal or their life is the best life. And social media does a good job of projecting um, this and, and making us feel that, oh, an individual has it all. And that is why it's important to always foster a heart of gratitude gratitude wherever you may be in life you may not have obtained the goal you may not have obtained um you know your child yet you may not have obtained that degree you may are you know you may be still in that season of singleness and you have not obtained your mate but really foster a heart of gratitude and take the things that we discussed um that hannah the approach that hannah took um when dealing with the penina uh, or penina or peninas in your life. I hope that you took something out of this episode. Until next time, stay safe. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Infertility Podcast. Be sure to connect with me via social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Danielle Joseph or on Facebook, Master Mentor and Minister, or you can visit my website, which is www.iamdaniellejoseph.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.